Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to Superhuman Radio. Uh, today is uh, Tuesday, uh, uh, November 26, 2019, and it's the Blueprint Power Hour today with uh, Coach Rob Regish, who will join me in just a moment. I uh, just wanted to mention, I'm wearing my BFR bands. I trained this morning, second day back to the gym, very, very long layoff. You know, I, ha- I hadn't trained since I took the cruise to Canada. Uh, got sick on the cruise to Canada, remained sick for three and a half weeks, and then a hunting season uh, preparation and going there and coming back. And yesterday was my first day back in the gym. And uh, it's it's going to be a, a, a road back for me. But this is going to be a big year for me. 2020 is going to be a breakout year. When I turn 62, I will be ripped. What's up, Bobby? Thanks for being here. Uh, and that's my goal and I'm putting it out there because I got to live up to it now. Uh, okay. So without further delay, calling all blueprint army, fall in line. It's time for the blueprint power hour with coach Rob Regis on the superhuman radio network. Bobby is also a big fan of uh, blood flow restriction. He's probably been yep. using it a lot longer than I have. Uh, and he says he's wearing his bands also right now. So anyway, Rob, how are you, brother? It's been a long time since you and I have been on the air. Yeah, I know. It seems like forever, doesn't it? I forgot how to do this. So what do we do now? <laughs> well, we just we just made it by the hair of our chin. I know. People should only know what goes on behind the scenes to bring this show on every day. It's just it's like, uh, it's like gremlins. It's gremlins. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I'm joined today by... Uh, my girls, Ginger and Molly, <laughs> and what Molly wanted a little airtime. I don't know if you saw her earlier, but um, listen, I'm doing great. I have uh, only one injury to speak of. I'm back in the gym training, and um, I'm healthy. So, what else can you want, right? You know, people say to me, "Oh, you got to find a reason to be grateful every day." I'm grateful. You know, it's really funny. I have so many friggin' injuries, and I I do live with chronic pain, but it doesn't get in my way. I don't think about it on a day-to-day basis. I just roll past it. And, you know, I'm just, like, I was thinking this morning after getting out of the gym, I feel so good after training. I don't, I don't need to find reasons to be grateful. I'm, I, I feel like I, I, I feel gratitude all day long without having to really think about it. Right. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, good health is something that you can't buy. And I've learned that and uh, and I've seen it in my personal life, and believe you me, it's true. You realize I've been behind this microphone doing this show now for 14 years. That's amazing. 14 that, years. That is absolutely. Does it seem like that to you? No, it does. That's the yeah. that's the scary part. I love doing this, and the, you know, like people talk about retiring. Why would I retire? As long as I have a voice and I can get around and I can and I have a brain that functions and still is inquisitive. Why would right. I stop doing this? Why would I want to stop learning? For 14 years, I've been learning from the best teachers in the world. 
I was going to say you're probably the most well-informed guy who has learned the most in the shortest period of time because you came to physical culture relatively late compared to some people. Yeah, yeah. I was a big so. fat bastard first. Bobby says it doesn't <laughs> define you, the pain. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right. And, and really, it doesn't get in my way either. All right, so let's get started here with the first sure. question that comes from Paul Reynolds. He says, I really want to get ripped but not sure where to start. I've tried it before but to no avail. I just haven't been able to see my abs. What am I doing wrong? What are you doing? What are you, what, yeah, what are you, what are um, you doing? Right. Some more detail probably would have been, would have been good. Um, I mean, when people say I've tried, I've tried this already. It didn't work. Like I have a friend who says she tried high protein. It doesn't work. And I'm like, well, what did you try? What did you do? Yeah. And so much goes into it as we'll talk about here. Um, now, having said all of that, I am probably not the best person to ask this question because I have spent the better part of 35 years going the other way, trying to gain weight and size and take up more real estate. Um, but at age 33, so about what, seven, eight, nine years outside of my hormonal prime, I decided to cut. And so why did I decide to do that? Well, I wanted to be better versed in all things physical culture. And the only way you're going to learn about, you know, cutting is to actually cut yourself. So let me tell you about what I've learned. Despite what people will tell you elsewhere, the single most important variable in getting cut is your diet. You can work out like a demon. You can get eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. You can take all the supplements or super supplements in the world. But if your diet is not on point, you will not be cut. You will not see your abs, which for most guys that I talk to, that's their goal. Uh, while retaining as much muscle as possible. So a few things um, that, that I learned in my experience, and I, I've done it two or three times since then, but Unless, right, unless you're genetically gifted, the, the most important thing is your food. There's just no other way to say it. For most people, diet is the key. And to me, <laughs> this, this dieting can be summed up in two words. It sucks. I mean, I absolutely hate it. Why? Um, you're more or less a slave to food. You're not going to be eating out much because you can't really control the calories. And... In the later stages of dieting, you're going to be hungry. That's just how it is. And that's probably the worst part for me. That's the part that that gets me the worst, right? And probably everyone, because it's when you're hungry that you are prone to slip, right? And eat too much or too, too much of the wrong thing. So um, the other part that killed me, was extended diets are hell on strength, especially size and strength levels. One of the um, three or four times I've cut, I did so on a straight ketogenic diet, and that was a huge mistake, probably because I was an ectomorph. So if that's you too, I would, I would entertain perhaps lower carbohydrates, but not a ketogenic diet. The muscle is 70% water. And the suffix is hydrate. So when you remove the carbs, 
out goes the water. And it's the other way around. That's why people gain prodigious amounts of weight coming off of a low-carb diet. The body will store three, nearly three grams of water for every gram of carbohydrate. So um, along with this goes a strength drop in the gym. Now, there are ways of mitigating it. But generally speaking, and this is true for most people, um, you can retain strength in the lower body. I've seen people actually up the amount of weight they can squat and deadlift. However, it's the upper body where most people will lose uh, strength. And, and in particular, the big barbell lifts like the bench press, um, the standing military press, et cetera, et cetera. In order to get around that, especially if you're not competing in powerlifting, I highly recommend switching to things like weighted dips, right? Because, you know, as you lose weight, dips are going to only get easier. And the same is true for chin-ups. The same is true for handstand push-ups. The same is true for virtually every body weight exercise that you perform. And, um, and I would tell you, absolutely make the switch, make the switch. No. So, um, I mentioned how all of those things are magnified if you're an ectomorph. If you're a meso or endomorph, you generally um, don't have problems losing too much muscle. It's the fat that's just very, very slow to come off. But w w the point is this. With enough time and proper dieting and hard training, almost anyone right, can get lean and see their abs. It's just a question of how long you want to suffer. <laughs> I mean, that's really it, right? But it, it, this is also one of my, one of the observations that I wanted to note because there's a huge clue here. The 10 to 12 days after dieting, where I started to eat big again, were among the 10 to 12 best physique and strength gaining days of my life, right? Because the body is, has been, underfed for so long, probably overtrained a little bit. And now the food and the strength come rushing back because, you know, you're eating again. And I think, you know, last week we talked about the merits of overfeeding and that overfeeding alone can put on tons of muscle. The only other thing I would tell you that goes along with this stringent dieting is this. Do not make the mistake of lowering the amount of weight that you use and just say, I'm going to do lightweight for higher reps. No, the muscle will shrink because there's no reason for it to be big anymore. The heavy tension is gone. So your goal should be every, I would say, third or fourth workout to revert to heavy weight, longer rest periods, um, and trying to get, you know, trying to get as strong as possible, making small increments every week. Big fan of the fact that, you know, the best defense is a good offense. So go on offense with your strength work. So, you know, the, that's my two CCs on dieting. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had a better answer for you, but it really is the food. So I, I've never had a problem. Um, so first of all, I've never done a cut. Uh, yeah. I've dieted for years, and I'm very close to seeing my abs now. I could see my abs very, very quickly. I, I tend to stay in that realm. Right. But uh, anytime I saw my abs, it was the result of 
consistency. This is, in my humble opinion, I don't think we can blame anything on any one diet other than maybe the vegan diet. We can say, yeah, it's a horrible idea. And I know that that like everybody is on the vegan diet today and going to be bodybuilders and champion powerlifters, and they'll be hurt, and they'll this will crash and burn, and five years from now, no one will be on the vegan diet again because it won't <laughs> it won't work. It's not this is not going to work well. It's not. But but more importantly, there are people like Bobby Cooper who uh, probably is is highly insulin sensitive. Right. And he does better on a keto diet because he he can actually replenish glycogen in muscle from his liver a lot easier than the person who's slightly insulin resistant. And he'll have less strength losses on the keto diet than somebody who isn't as insulin sensitive. But for me, the, the most important thing about dieting is pick something and stick the F to it long enough to see changes. And we're talking about months of consistency of eating the same way day in. Because here's the secret folks. You became a fat slob by doing the same thing day in and day (laughs) out with your diet for 10 years. And that's how you became a fat slob. That's how I became a 330 pound fat slob. I did the same. It was hard work. I ate the same way every day for 10 years. And then you expect to go on some fad diet and do a cut and, and, and use supplements and stuff, and you think you're going to get shredded in 16 or 22 weeks. And there are people that will do it. They're not really telling you the truth about how extreme they're dieting. They'll say, right. oh, I just took this pill and I and it all baloney. But the number one most important factor of your dieting success, whether you go keto, whether you go paleo, whether you go low carb, where, you know, is consistently doing it long enough, and no one does that. No one. Yeah. Um, it's Diets are very easy to give up on. And much like training in the information age, you know, you can be on a, a new diet for two, three weeks, and it's working great, and then you start reading. <laughs> you start reading about other diets. Yeah, and then you switch, right? You're like, and oh, you well, switch. maybe I should be doing this instead. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's the, training, it's the training equivalent of program hopping. Now, don't be a diet hopper. Give something an honest try. And what's an honest and, try to you? How long? I'll tell you what my, my opinion is. Uh, on, I would say an honest try is anywhere between 12 and 16 weeks. Now, that's what, three, four months? I'd say 36 I'd say weeks. 30. I'm saying six months. Wow. Especially See, if you're, yeah. Well, no, especially if you're, you're a fat slob now, like I was. Yeah. And now you're just going to start dieting. You know, your body is going to lose some weight real quickly, and then all of a sudden it's going to stall because your body's going to go, okay, enough with this BS. Get back to the yeah. Wendy's and start eating some, some biggie fries. And so you have to give something six months of honest really doing it every day, really doing it every day. This is the yeah. hardest thing for people to do is to really do the same thing day in and day out. And that is where success is defined. You know what's interesting? I think the discrepancy in our answer was, I'm coming from the other side of the fence you are. And so in 12 to 16 weeks, I see pretty significant changes, right? Whatever I'm doing, otherwise. You, on the other hand, came from an entirely different place and got a lot more weight to lose, right, than I did. So I think that's an important part. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. 
David Harp says, hey, coach, new listener and love the show. What do you think about Agmatine? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> Agmatine is one of these NO2 products, so nitric oxide. Um, and it's funny because I was talking with John Drake about this last night, that this whole category of supplements. Uh, Agmatine, as far as NO2 products is concerned, has a reputation for being one of the better ones. The truth is um, that while it may, you know, produce greater blood flow, I don't consider it, you know, the holy grail or anything special. In fact, if you're looking to boost your NO2 production and do it with a supplement, I would much rather see you consume six grams of L-citrulline, right, or dicitrulline malate, which is citrulline bound to a Krebs cycle intermediate. Um, Citrulline is, in effect time-released arginine, right, which is the amino acid most associated with nitric oxide-related effects. Citrulline, though, also shows other benefits, um, many other benefits, including holding on to more muscle, right, while dieting and improvements in anaerobic power. Those would be very important to me. Uh, and, and another couple reasons to use this product instead of agmatine. Now, a word in about NO2 products in general. 20 years ago, that whole product category was launched by a guy named Ed Bird, who was one half of the original EAS uh, before Bill Phillips brought him out. So these were the people that, that just prior to this had brought creatine to the market. And I can vividly remember... <laughs> Uh, his pitch for it because, unfortunately, I bought a bottle of what was, I think, arginine alpha-ketoglutarate for $70, and it was brand new. Um, and, and look, while there are, I think, some moderate maybe performance benefits associated with it, I don't think it's worth anywhere near that amount of money. In fact, I think it's way overblown. I, I mentioned I had this discussion last night with with John, who runs a supplement company, who told me, he said, Rob, you know, NO2 was over like two or three years ago. He said it just doesn't generate the same kind of, you know, interest that it, that it used to. The question, though, becomes this, right? You want a good pump. Everybody likes a good pump. They look better in the gym. It feels great. You know, if you really want a good pump, Learn how to get insulin up uh, with a lot of water, and that's going to do the job nicely. The trick is getting it high enough without consuming these big meals, which leave you sleepy, okay, and lethargic, which is not where you want to be going into a workout. I've mentioned before uh, about watermelon, you know, and I can't tell you the number of guys who who have written me over the years and said, hey, man, I did what you said, but the watermelon, and you were right. It felt like somebody stuck an air hose in me. Um, so that, you know, that's one way. But there are also others, you know. In time, you're going to learn how much steel-cut oats, how many eggs, and how much natural peanut butter and honey and water gives you a huge pump. And and truth be told, you know, that's the real way to do it. I mean, NO2 is a gas. It's a very helpful gas, right? It dilates blood vessels and arteries. But 
you know, to my mind, why not just let Tribulus do that, right? I mean, the saponins in the Furostanolic saponins in Tribulus are great NO2 generators, and that's why it has so much research showing benefits to coronary heart function um, and other things, right? Erections, et cetera, et cetera. Frankly, I think that's why people keep buying it. So that's the 411 on this product category. Um, I, I would certainly not be putting many dollars towards it, but if you're interested in it, L-citrulline is probably the way to go. You know, it's really funny. Uh, there's one study that's completely ignored, ignored by yeah. the uh, fitness and supplement community when it comes to NO2 precursors. And ironically, this study was performed at the University of Kentucky about um, 12 or 13 years ago. Yeah. And it showed that an, an increase in nitric oxide production, uh, most notably uh, VNOS and ENOS, produced by supplementing with large doses of arginine, impaired muscle contractile force. Because the added nitric oxide disrupts calcium channel activity, and calcium channel activity is what's responsible for mm. muscle fibers going eh, and shortening up and pulling. You're right. And so uh, the interesting thing, and it makes perfect sense when you think about it, because when, when lactate builds up, the muscles are fatigued, there's a crisis going on in the muscle. So the logical right. thing is, hey, let's, let's stop developing so much force. So we can recover, uh, you know, irrigate and get some of this lactic uh, lactate out, and right. you know, and so it makes perfect sense. But everyone ignored that study because it's too cool to to flirt with the pump. <laughs> but tell somebody, yeah, you're going to get a really good pump, but you're literally going to lose one percent of your strength, two percent. And most people say, oh, I don't care, that's not much. I'd rather have the pump. But it sounds like the. Sounds like the opposite of what epistarone does, at least in in so far as the calcium um, channel. You know, in, right. Yeah. So Ed Gilbert says, "I'm on the smaller side in a sport of big men, football. What can I do to compete with these guys? Is it just a matter of taking more stuff? I'm sure he's talking about gear, eating more, or some combination of the two." Well, Eddie. <laughs> um, I would tell you that there's no amount of drugs uh, that's going to turn someone that's meant to weigh maybe 150 pounds into a 330-pound right NFL lineman. It's just, which is not to say that you can't make tremendous progress. Progress. You may eventually, like me, get to 250 pounds, but your bone structure, like me, and other genetic traits are not going to change. Right? Even copious amounts of growth hormone along with testosterone and, and anadrol, it's not going to change the fact that you know my ankles are six inches around. <laughs> I think they're smaller than my wife's or at least equal to it. Um, it just doesn't work like that. You know, you just don't load up on drugs and and, and, and in fact and in fact Bobby Cooper makes an excellent point here. Eddie should focus on being faster. And and why that is not a snide remark, but accurate, yep. is a a, 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 two, two, a a two two three bullet, a 5.56 NATO, 
is like 85 grains maybe. Sometimes I think they're even lighter than that. But you, you can drop a black bear with it because it's moving almost 3,000 yeah. feet per yeah. second. So and, if, and you, if you increase your speed, you increase your inertia. You increase your, your potential impact when you hit a guy. So you, you, take, you take a guy who's 175 pounds and, and he's speeding along and he hits somebody. It's like a 300-pound guy hitting him. That is exactly where I was. I was going. Now, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, now uh, you, the fact that you're 150 pounds, maybe that doesn't mean you can't improve your performance. In fact, you've got a competitive advantage there. It's called speed. Uh, you, you know, and I, everybody knows the classic example: take a 10 pound plate, put it on your toe. Doesn't hurt. Drop that 10 pound plate from six feet up. <laughs> it's, it, might, it might break your toe. Yeah. Right. So, so what does this tell us? It tells us speed equals you're in the starting lineup and slow equals second team. At the upper levels of sport, slow is going to be the difference between, you know, being a starter and not making the team at all. You know, you're probably all familiar with what the differentials are in the finish placings of Olympic sprinters, right? What do they deal with? A hundredth of a second? Things like that, right? You know that 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 makes a big difference. And speaking of sprinters, to develop speed, you should study them. So, what do we see when we look at sprinters? Extremely low levels of body fat, right? Extremely muscular, fairly small upper bodies in comparison to lower bodies, right? And they are extremely strong and explosive. And so, what that means is for you, sprints. Developing what I call first step quickness with with bands and parachutes and things like that, and plenty of plyometrics and speed drills, box jumps, medicine ball throws, standing high and long jumps, uh, and and speed work with the barbell, all need to be worked and worked hard. Now, one other caveat about that: don't get carried away with plyometrics because you can do a lot of damage. On things like, you know, box jumps. I, I know somebody who just developed plantar's fasciitis by yeah. doing a lot of plyometrics. Yeah. And now he's dealing uh, and, with that heel pain now. In fact, I would consider that something uh, akin to Olympic lifting. Go get a coach. Mm -hmm. Those skills are so specialized, uh, and, the, and your performance needs to be brought up in such a very disciplined manner. So you don't right? Um, so you don't blow a knee out yeah, or whatever. I'll tell you this, like the, in, in the back of my gym, in the conditioning room, there's a 36 inch box, which is what? Three feet, right? I'm not the math guy, but I think that's right. My son can stand in front of it from a standing position, jump and onto that box. And he looked at me and he said, dad, can you do it? I said, show off. Probably. I said, well, I said, I said, probably so, but I am not willing to, you know, tear an ACL or MCL or blow something else out. Pull a hamstring. Right. right. Yeah. Cause it's not like there are mats around this either. It's just that AstroTurf that you push sleds on. So I don't fool with it, but, um, those are the types of things that can make you a much more explosive, uh, and speedy athlete. So, you might not wind up playing on the line or even or even trying to do that, right? Because you're always going to be swimming upstream. 
Instead, you know, look to positions, skill positions, running back, wide receiver, special teams, right? That's where you should be focusing your time and energy. And those guys win and lose ball games just like the people on the line. You know, if anything, it's a lot more glamorous position than the line. You know, when when those guys are, or let me put it this way, when football is done with those guys, most of the guys on the line, they're not in very good shape. I, I know very few football players who escaped some sort of injury um, that they're dealing with to this day. But if that's your chosen sport, that's what I would do. And, um, and never lament the fact that maybe you weren't born to be a 300-pound athlete. You'll live longer. You exactly. I was going to say, as you as you smaller age, people, it, smaller people live longer. It's a fact. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there, there's a guy, and I'm sure you've seen this guy on YouTube. There's a guy in Iran. He looks like he has a myostatin issue. He's 400 pounds of almost all muscle. Are you kidding me? No. L- look up Iranian giant bodybuilder. You'll you'll find okay. him. He, he he's absolutely enormous. Okay, but. And, and that's pretty cool in your 20s. But by the time he gets into his late 30s, it's not going to be cool anymore. And it's only going to get worse. Because I suspect, given his myostatin issue or whatever issue he's got, being a 200-pound person, or even maybe 300, is just not in the cards for him. Which means neither is a long life. Yeah. If you take if you take this this advice to heart, you will be a great football player. If you capitalize right. on your speed, you will hit people harder, you will go further, and you will be a good football. This is this is great advice in this uh, this group here, and I hope yeah. he takes advantage of it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got more questions. Next question comes from Andrew Davidson. If I got the order right, stay tuned. Cool. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-See Eye Drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented lipospheric Somal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. 
You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full, full out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive. At RenewLifeRx.com. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. We're ripped and we're ready. Welcome back. We're joined by a special guest. <laughs> it's Hunter Carl. He's out in the woods. <laughs> it was 16 degrees. No, it was 18 degrees that morning. Was that the one you posted to Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah, my. my- I was yeah, my, my wife, butt off. My wife saw it, and she's like, my God, Carl looks like he's freezing. Miserable. Yeah, miserable. <laughs> All right, so you're on the other side for the second half of the show, so that's cool. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the next question. We got some questions coming in from my, uh, Marcus Mygard. Uh, we'll ask that question shortly. So uh, Andrew Davison says, uh, I listened to your comments on Cybergenics a few weeks back, and it jogged my memory. I have a box of old supplements and found something called ICO Pro Muscle Mist and a few others in that line. Is it still good? And how would you compare the two products? Muscle Mist, is this like a spray? Yeah, yeah, it's a spray. Um, and ICO Pro, for those that remember it, was the supplement line that Vince McMahon started to um, – 
tag along with the WBF, World Bodybuilding Federation, in the mid to late 90s. In fact, if you look at my shirt. <laughs> oh, you have an ISOPRO shirt on. That's hilarious. <laughs> I still have an ISOPRO. I actually ordered an ISOPRO shirt. Um, <laughs> and it's an interesting question and, and an interesting product line because it wasn't a bunch of yahoos throwing this together. He actually hired Dr. Deep Pasquale and Dr. Fred Hatfield to work on these programs. And much like cyber, cybergenics, it was more than just here, here's half a dozen supplement bottles and whatever's in it. Um, in fact, ICAPRO is an acronym for integrated conditioning programs. And to their credit, they said when they were advertising this stuff that, look, it sucks. It doesn't work. (laughs) Don't get disappointed. (laughs) They were actually honest with their advertising. (laughs) It, it tasted God awful, but at least they did give this message. They said, you just can't take these pills, you know, and, and work out and figure you're going to get buff. This takes training. It takes the diet and it takes rest in the supplement. So, Icapro was heavily advertised on WWE broadcasts in the early to mid-90s, which was then still the WWF, World Wrestling Federation. Um, but it was a bigger part, of course, of the World Bodybuilding Federation. Interestingly, at this time, McMahon was under investigation for steroid distribution by the federal government. Um, so, it, right, it's probably not an ideal time to be launching a bodybuilding organization. But um, because of the scrutiny, he had legitimate drug testing programs. In fact, Dr. He hired Pasquale Dr. was part of it, yeah. He was running the thing. And so was so, uh, Dr. Squat. Right. Fred Hatfield, right. So um, this stringent but, the, but the truth drug- is they never got these guys as big and ripped as they were, even with the anabolic diet, they, they really couldn't re- reproduce the effects of gear. True. And to this day, True. the bodybuilding, I mean, the uh, the wrestling professional wrestling community struggles with the fact that if these guys aren't on gear, no one's tuning in to watch. Nobody wants to see two average guys grapple. I mean, you can see that in MMA where people actually are hurting each other. This is theatrics. We want to see big monsters you know, doing battle. And, and that's never going to happen without gear. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah. Um, they still have a wellness program, but I think it's it's geared more towards, you know, making sure guys aren't getting hooked on painkillers yeah. and, and re- recreational drugs. Right. Um, and um, if you're not part of the full-time, you know, crew like Brock Lesnar, he is considered um, a part-time guy. And therefore, not not subject to their drug testing. So you're right. I mean, the the physiques, um, especially in the '80s, they pretty much were wrestling. It looked like. I mean, it look, like, look, look, think about Bruno San Martino when we were kids. When I was a kid, I mean, yeah. you're a little younger than me. When, think about Bruno San Martino. The truth is, Bruno San Martino looked like your father. I mean, he looked like <laughs> my my father was built like that. You know, hairy chest, big round chest. You know, yeah. But but I mean. Those guys were the the wrestlers of yesteryear. Today, I mean, I trained with Bobby Lashley. The guy was he was putting up four hundred pounds in the incline. Yep. I mean, the guy was a monster. He was super strong. And then they tested him. They were like, "Oh, you know, you're on drugs. You have to stop." And all of a sudden, he got small. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's pro wrestling today is not as physique, uh, and it's not as physique dependent as it was in the eighties. There was a time when Vince McMahon had a standing edict. He wouldn't hire anyone shorter than six, two or and two fifty. And, but, and obviously today the guys are a lot smaller, but they're, they're great athletes. Anyway, back to Ica pro. Um, I never ran Ica pro as I did cybergenics. Although I did get my hands on, on their signature kit and its contents. And I don't recall anything that really stood out in terms of the supplements that they, that, that the kit used. You know, I do remember things like OKG, hornophene calcated glutarate, uh, their protein powder, various amino acids. And, and there were two weird ones, one of the, which being this muscle mist. And the other one was an aromatherapy bag that you sniffed prior to training. And believe it or not, I think that actually had some merit. It was actually, I know why, because it was, it was actually made out of bull scrotum and it it made you feel invincible. And you sniffed that you were like, (laughs) ah, well, I mean, whatever it was, whatever it was, it smelled good. So I don't know if it was bull scrotum, but, um, and, and as far as this muscle mist goes, I don't have a clue as to what's in it. But, I, you know, it's, it's tough to say. I, I would think being a liquid, it was probably something that they thought was absorbed under the tongue much easier. And for that time period, and it, it may have been. been. It may have been like a sublingual, um, uh, what do I want to say? Not, uh, not B uh, vitamin or? No, no. It may, but I mean, the delivery system may have been liposomal, yeah. you know, sub, sublingual nanospheres. Sub, it could have been a fat based spray. And, right. and then you absorbed it faster. So maybe they had, there was right. something to it. So the supplements, as pretty much were, as I stated there, no big, great breakthroughs. Um, like cybergenics, it, what, the training and the diet program, if you got results, was really what, what drove those results. Um, I don't recall all of it, but I do remember it was very bodybuilding-centric, meaning there were microcycles A, B, and C, and manipulation of rest periods and rep ranges and yada, yada. Um, yeah, it was probably that, a, sensible, a sensible training program that you would have seen results from if you stuck with it and you were consistent yeah. long enough without the mist and all the other magic. Yeah. It was, I remember looking at it and thinking, you know, for bodybuilding, this probably works. However, the reason I didn't try it was that at the time I was in powerlifting and competing. So I was always just trying to get stronger. I didn't care about, you know, if I got bigger, that was great. Um, but strength was always number one. Given what you have, I would certainly expect most of the supplements to be way past their use-by date. Um, and, and, the, and just mind you this, feedback was that the factory fresh stuff tasted god-awful. So if I were you, I'd skip something, especially in a liquid medium that might be 25 years old. Uh, and focus more on the training and the diet info that came with it. And so. the bull, and the bull scrotum. Focus on the bull and scrotum. And the bull scrotum. All right, so look, Marcus Mygard, let's go ahead and answer his question now. He's, he's watching yeah. live. He said, there's an ongoing trend right now in the industry related to neurotransmitter testing. 
if you are dopamine dominant or adrenaline dominant, for example, and he then goes on to ask, do we have any experience? In, I, have an, I have an opinion, but I'll let the coach go first. This is very interesting to me because um, when I was suffering from depression during my divorce, which I'll get into later, uh, they were, of course, trying all these antidepressants. And so at one point I looked at the doctor and I said, well, how does this one work? And he says, well, they think it increases levels of, of dopamine and serotonin, and those are probably um, depleted in your brain, and that's why you're depressed and yada, yada. And so I looked at him, and I asked the question, okay, is there some sort of test which measures your serotonin and dopamine levels? And to my great surprise, he looked back at me and he said, no, this is all just conjecture. So the news that there is a test. There isn't. There isn't. There, 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 there are clinics and doctors out there saying they're testing your neurotransmitters by drawing blood. It's all bogus. Well, because what goes on in below the neck isn't the same thing that's going on above the neck. Right. So, so the presence of dopamine and serotonin in blood is not indicative of the levels of serotonin and dopamine in the brain. Without without doing a core sample of your brain, without going in there and you know and doing a little uh, uh, punch and testing, yeah. they really don't know. And this frustrates the crap out of me because there's a lot of clinics now telling people, oh, well, we're going to test neurotransmitters. And they do this with children especially, which really to me is scary. And so they, they do blood tests to look at dopamine levels and serotonin levels, and then they, they say, oh, your child is, is deficient. They don't know that in the brain. They, don't, they can't yeah. tell that. And, and here's the per- – look, so you know me. I, I always say, well, let's look at it critically. Let's, uh, let's apply some critical thinking. So right. what do we know about um, 5-HTP and, uh, and, 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 and tryptophan and things like that? We know that taking them orally – uh, may not affect the brain levels, okay? But more importantly, mm-hmm. people will say that there's more serotonin made in the gut than there is in the brain, and that's true. But that serotonin never crosses the blood-brain barrier. They know that. They know that the serotonin that you produce in your stomach naturally yep. all the time doesn't get into the brain. So raising dopamine outside of the blood-brain barrier is not going to have any effect. Now, Adele Musa came on my show once and said, well, maybe what happens is the body senses a higher level of dopamine on the outside of the blood-brain barrier, so the brain goes, oh, we need to make more too to be in sync. And that's a possibility. But then that still wouldn't work if you tested somebody. That's only after you raise their levels. That could happen. If you're testing somebody and you're seeing dopamine and, and serotonin levels of this, that's not indicative of what's going on in the brain. It's just it's all bullshit. That makes perfect sense to me, right? I mean, if, if, the, if, if the medical community doesn't have these tests, how is the supplement industry, you know, having it? I think they would be a wonderful thing uh, if, the, if they were, there were such a test. Um, but having said that, uh, it comes back to trial and error. So people people will use such things like phenylparacetam, uh, acetyl L-carnitine, adrafinil, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
to see if it changes the way they feel, if there's any, or St. John's work, things like that, if there's an improvement in mood, then, it, and you're dealing with a supplement that modulates a, a neurotransmitter like serotonin, then yeah, there probably is an imbalance there. It's just, it's an inexact science right now. And I wish I had a better answer for him. Yeah, and, then, and, the, and I'll tell you what it comes down to. If you want to correct neurotransmitter levels in your brain, fix your sleep problem. Chances are you have a sleep yeah. problem because that's yeah. when it all happens. That's when the magic happens at night when you sleep. Right. Um, yeah, I don't put a lot of stock in those neurotransmitter tests, Marcus. Uh, and, and and the reality is we don't know anything about dopamine dominance, serotonin dominance. Uh, there was a Dr. Braverman who – got us on this whole kick and all these years later it's not it doesn't look like people are still sticking with his teachings because uh, i don't think it really produced the results that people were hoping for right so you know your brain produces these critical neurotransmitters on demand in nanoseconds of milliseconds and it changes like in a in in, in 30 seconds it could have changed 60 times and just raising serotonin or just raising dopamine continuously, that doesn't fix anything. That doesn't fix right. anything. And again, I, I, I focus on sleep. I say a lot of people who have these issues that send them to the doctor where the doctor goes, well, let me check your neurotransmitters. They're not sleeping well. Yep. Okay, so the yep. next question comes from Rodney Toombs. He says, hey, coach, kind of an off-topic question, but I'm hoping you can help me with it. I'm a dad with an 18-year-old son who needs some direction. He's an angry kid for reasons I don't really want to go into. He's been in lots of fights and unfortunately wins most of them, hmm. thus rejoicing in his will to fight. Reinforcing his will to fight, I'm sorry. How do I get him out of this cycle and doing something more positive? It's called tough love. Find the kid to kick his ass. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> That's the, it. The, <laughs> the the truth the truth is most teenage boys at some point are going to show signs of aggression frustration and and risk taking behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a friend who's an emergency room doctor and he's famous for saying, "If it wasn't for young men between the ages of sixteen and twenty one, I'd be out of business." <laughs> so um, all of those traits kind of go with the territory, right? Extremely high testosterone levels. This is why the military recruits young men and not old men to fight wars because testosterone makes you aggressive uh, and willing to fight. If you take that supposition, though, and you then layer in some other variables that make the boy angrier or more prone to violence, you wind up with a fighter, at least someone that's more prone to fight. Now, winning fights is good. But picking them and winning them is quite another matter because what you'll notice is most kids who pick fights, <laughs> they don't want a fair fight. So they pick someone they, they know they can beat, or at least it looks like they can beat, which is a lot more dangerous in today's world. And, and that results, right, in this win, <laughs> lopsided win-loss record. So he's really getting a false sense of security. Right? He thinks he can fight and impose his will on just about anyone, and uh, that's m most certainly not the case. Uh, here's what I would do. 
I would sit him down and first I would ask him as to why he's so angry. If, if it's a, look, if it's a serious issue, get him counseling, you know, that can only, that can only help. I'm not saying it's going to fix things, but you know, that's, that's a positive way of dealing with it. But you can also, you know, take, like you said, Carl, the, the tough love approach, sit him down and say, okay, son, you like to fight. You're going to learn how to fight. I'm going to enroll you in jujitsu classes. And trust me, his very first day, he's going to meet a whole bunch of guys that are bigger and smaller than him, usually by no small margin, that humble him beyond words. Okay. And, and interestingly will- enough, and, and interestingly enough, uh, both uh, Bobby Cooper and Jeff Clifton recommended that. And they oh. both said it will not only teach him humility. With uh, fewer marks and bruises, Jeff Clifton says. But Bobby Cooper points out it'll give him brotherhood and help him see the value in himself and others. This is really valuable information right here. This could be the defining moment for your son. Because don't forget, he's trying to define himself as a man. So the number one thing a a boy does when he's crossing over to be a man is he, he, he has to take on his father. He has to minimize his father. Because in order for him to feel like a man, he must take Superman that he's worshipped for all these years and, and take him off the pedestal. So don't take it seriously if he's, if he's aiming his, his anger at you. This is all part of his masculine emancipation. We all did it. We all do yeah. it. But this is really good advice. Sign him up for a BJJ. He's not going to want to go. He's going to go, yeah. no, Dad, I don't want to do that because he doesn't want – to be put in the ring with somebody his equal, he wants to keep right. picking on kids that are smaller than him or, or that he knows he can beat. Sign him up for BJJ. A, a decade from now, he'll look back at you and say, Dad, man, the greatest gift you ever gave me was signing me up. Because not only will he really find out that he can be tough, but with humility and, 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 and sensitivity to others, but it'll transfer into everything else in his life. It'll be a watershed moment for sure. Yes. For sure. Yes. And 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 I also want you to consider this cuz it's very important. When he goes in there and he gets his ass kicked, you want him to learn that lesson in class and not out on the street because on the street he may pick a fight with the wrong guy who either knows what he's doing or has, carrying or has a, a gun. Knife, Is carrying a knife or is carrying a gun or is all three, right? So, um, you know, rather than lose an eye or become maimed or worse, even dead, you want him to learn those lessons on the mat in a controlled environment, right? So, you know, the truth of the matter is, and hopefully he learns this the easy way and not the hard way, if you're picking fights with somebody, it's it's very difficult to determine their pedigree. So you don't know. He, you might look at a guy and say, God, he's six feet tall, 150 pounds, soaking wet. I'm going to kill him. He may be one of the best, you know, jujitsu practitioners that you've ever seen. And I've seen 150-pound guys beat 250-pound guys with regularity. And break arms and choke people out, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, if he doesn't want to learn how to really fight and go to jujitsu, there's one other avenue that I think problem kids <laughs> really need, the military. 
You have him join the Marines and watch what happens. They will break him down big time, absolutely crush him, and then build him back up. These kids, and I don't know what else the military does, but I, I saw it in every airport that I traveled in when I was in insurance. These kids come home, and they're completely different people. The common denominator between this and jujitsu, your kid's going to be humbled. Whether he goes in the military, whether he goes to jujitsu, or whether it happens out on the street, at some point, in order to check this behavior, he's going to find out that he's not 10 feet tall and bulletproof like he feels because of that surge of testosterone. So those would be my suggestions. I, uh, I myself have a 14-year-old son. Right now, he's the furthest thing from this. But you don't know. You know what I mean? Things change. Hormone levels change. And, uh, and the kid needs to find out, hopefully sooner rather than later, he can't beat God with one arm behind his back. Wow, Bob, Bobby Cooper makes a really good point here. He said, uh, yes and no on the Marines, and I'm a vet. I know that I'm pretty sure that Bobby served either the Air Force or the Army from the pictures yeah. I've seen. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember right now, Bobby. Um, he said they learn to be soldiers, not men. That's an interesting point. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, there is some validity to that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I did not serve. Um, I, I'll let people that did serve speak to what goes on there. Um, but from from just an observational standpoint, you know, when I traveled and met these guys in airports, it was all, you know, I would thank them for their service. And they would look back at me and to a person, they would say, um, it's my privilege, sir. Yes, sir. You know, sir, sir this, sir, that. Thank you, you know, please and thank you. You know, this kind of behavior is the polar opposite of what they were when they got into basic training. So the military is doing something right with these kids. That's that's the bottom line. Excuse me. We have to take a break. Sure. Just in time. Of course, I'm packing. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. There's lots of CBD products out there, and there's lots of misinformation, too. If you want the best CBD product available and the way to use it to improve athletic performance, there is only one choice. Vanga CBD. Vanga CBD is five times more bioavailable than other products, and you feel it faster. But more importantly, the folks at Vanga have identified the best way to use it for athletic performance. Go to superhumanradio.net today and download your free copy of the Endurance Athlete's Guide to CBD. Use code SHR10 and save 10% off at VengaCBD.com. That's V-E-N-G-A-C-B-D.com. 
you already know the benefits of red light therapy. Now you have to find the strongest, best one out there at the best price, right? That's where Scott Chevery found himself. He had to create Mitel Red Lights so you can get the strongest, best red light therapy unit in the world at the absolute best price. And the Superhuman Nation gets an additional discount. Go to MitelRedLight.com and use code SHR to get the lowest price anywhere, plus free shipping inside the USA and deeply discounted shipping worldwide. Go to MitelRedLight.com and use code SHR today. That's M-I-T-O-R-E-D-L-I-G-H-T dot com. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. If you haven't searched hydrogen water in PubMed yet, you must. Hydrogen-infused water possesses undeniable performance, health, and longevity benefits in the realm of real biohacking. Hydrogen water machines cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. Now you can have the strongest hydrogen-infused water conveniently anywhere you want it thanks to Drink HRW. They make the only legal and clinically validated formula to create hydrogen water instantly. I thought this stuff was BS till I started using it. The effects on my training and my gut are undeniable. I have more energy and I last longer without stims. You have to try Drink HRW Maximum Strength Hydrogen Water Tablets today. Go to h2waternow.com and use the code SHR for 10% off today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to bstrong.training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world. Man, can't get the picture to go in. We'll answer Matt's question after this next one, okay? Because we have one okay. from, uh, from Facebook that we got. Sure. I got to switch to filtered cigarettes. Ken Jugan says, I took some of your advice and ordered the West Side system of conjugated training. This info has really turned my training around, and I've gotten stronger in the past 90 days than I've been in the past three years. But I'm having trouble keeping up with the volume. How do I recover from so much intensity work every week? It's called gear. 
<laughs> and sleep and calories. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, for reference sake, the stock Westside powerlifting template, at least it used to be like this. I, I haven't seen it recently. Is four days a week. So you've got two heavy days and two days um, for speed and accessory work. At least, right, that's what it was when I studied it um, several years ago. <clears throat> so this max effort and dynamic work are usually handled uh, without a problem by most trainees. It is the repetition work, the supplemental and accessory exercises and the quote-unquote extra feeder workouts and GPP workouts where a lot of people run into trouble. They just can't do it. And to avoid that, um, I did a couple of things. First, I usually picked just one or maybe two supplemental movements, and I kept it to one or two hard work sets for each. You know, the, I was not doing 5 to 10 to 15, God knows how many sets like some guys do, um, and so I was able to focus my efforts and recover from them because I didn't dig as big of a hole. Um, if I did add any more work to the template, which wasn't normal, you know, usual, uh, I usually put it after speed work on dynamic effort days. I performed GPP general physical preparedness work on off days, but here's the key. I never let those workouts turn into anything strenuous. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of guys do. They start pushing and pulling the sled, uh, you know, in the beginning anyway, for blood flow and cardiac and all that other stuff. All of a sudden, it turns into a workout because they want to push and pull world record poundages. Um, that is a big mistake, and it's one of the biggest trainees make you know, when training Westside, they turn these workouts into extremely, not just physically taxing sessions, mentally, right? So both. And doing that is a real fast way to tank your progress. Happens every time. In fact, if somebody writes me and says Westside has stopped working, I can pretty much guarantee you they're going overboard, right, on their off days and turning those into, you know, max effort sessions of their own. Um, also keeping those sessions to just, let's say 15 to 30 minutes is a good idea. Uh, and, and being able to hold a conversation while you're dragging a sled, uh, is also a good idea. Same, you know, same principle as, as, as cardio. Um, if you are still having trouble recovering, then I would consider, uh, cutting the called for workload in half. And so, Instead of four sessions a week, you have two. You have a heavy day and you have a light day or maybe three, maybe three. Um, that is usually enough to get people gaining again. And you can graduate. And this is the key point. If you start that way, you can gradually add work over time. Instead of jumping into the four-day-a-week template and all the extra workouts and GPP workouts and getting buried out of the gate. I, and I was going to um, say, usually guys who train at Westside, training is their priority. They take jobs right. that allow them to focus on their training. 
You know, yep. I mean, so they're so they're they're like the Bulgarians. You know, they may go but go to the gym two or three times in a day, and uh, right. and and they're eating a lot. And you know, I mean, their their focus is their training. If you're just an average guy who's working and part of a family and has other yep. things in your life, it's going to be hard for you to keep up with the West Side West Side program. Very very difficult. Um, you know, I I Louis says. He has both trainees there that use drugs and don't. I believe that. Um, however, the number of trainees not using drugs that can tolerate that amount of workload and max effort work and all of the you know adrenal exhaustion that goes along with it uh, are few and far between. In fact, if you watch that movie, did you watch uh, West Side versus the World, Carl? No, I haven't, but Bobby was just commenting about it a second ago. I haven't seen it. So one of the things, basically, is that, you know, if you're at West Side and you're part of the crew and you're doing the four-day-a-week thing and you get hurt, it sounds like, anyway, Louis doesn't care if you got hurt. You're still coming in to max out. And so if an average everyday person does that, they're just going to get hurt worse. I mean, think about it. You know, if you, if you uh, tear a peck and they want you in there on max effort day, right, for flat bench or, God forbid, wide, wide grip bench, you're just going to tear it worse, you know, or a back injury, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying it can't be done. Um, I am saying you should err on the side of doing too little, instead of too much because it's a lot to you know it's a lot to bite off and chew Let's just put it that way and especially as you age you know if you got to take your age right. into account also i don't know did ken say how old he is but you know i mean yeah. it's it's is a it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and and again if it's not your priority everything else falls second all your other demands in your life fall second you're not you can't right. do what these guys are doing plus they're on gear they're yep. all on gear Hell, I'm on 500 milligrams a week now, and I'm not even a, a training for anything. Right. They're all on a gear, a gram and more a week, those guys up there. They're serious about breaking records. That's all they care about. They don't care about anything else. Yeah, and, and when you say, you know, it's your priority, even ahead of your family, you know, he means it. Because there was a, there was a um, segment in West Side versus the World where a guy explained – you know, I was training at Westside. My son was going through school and he was a champion swimmer. He says, I didn't go to a single meet. Think about this. He didn't go to a single meet, including the state championship that he won because Wednesday was bench day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have, to, mean, you have to be so narrowly focused on just that. So this question comes into us through Facebook Messenger from longtime listener Matt Beatty. Yep. And his question is, I'm going through a divorce, and the stress is unbearable at times. No motivation to train or eat. I've dropped about seven pounds. I'm probably swimming in cortisol every day. How should I train during this time? Thanks, Matt. Well, in stark contrast to the question, to the dieting question, that I said I was not qualified to answer. I'm very confident that both you and I, Carl, are probably two of the most qualified guys to 
to address this. And, that, you know, I shouldn't laugh because when you're going through it, when you're going through a divorce, it seems like the end of the world. It seems like the end of you, uh, the end of you, you know, emotionally, financially, spiritually, it crushes everything. In addition to that, if you have children, it's even worse because in at my lowest point, I thought to myself, you've ruined not only your life, but your son's. And it's very difficult to see the fact that that is not true. In fact, and, and, and it's, you can't, it, while you're going through it, it's almost impossible to see. People will tell you it. You told it to me, Carl. You told me that at the end of this process, you're going to meet somebody that you probably should have been with all along. And they're going to make your life better than you could possibly imagine. And you do recover financially and you do recover emotionally. Um, But it's a process that takes time. I would tell you that I made several mistakes uh, in my, in my time uh, during the divorce. One of those was attempting to reconcile with a woman that <laughs> that filed, you know, papers against me. She filed divorce against me. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not going to work. Listen, if you stood before your families and God and said, I'm going to get married for better or for worse, and the other party decides to renege on that agreement, then they're not worth going back to. Hate to tell you, but... They're not worth going back to. Um, Another thing that I did that was really bad, and I think this is universal advice, don't isolate yourself. Uh, It's very easy to, you know, stay inside, stay to yourself. It's not a pleasant topic to discuss, right? It's not water. Find a good buddy that you can talk to and get this stuff off your chest because keeping it in just just erodes you. Yes. And also know that, this is not the end, right? Like this is a chapter. You're going to get through this horrible chapter and you're going to go on. And right. every, every, I told this to my son and it's true of most of us. I think most of us can agree with this statement. Every woman I left, I found someone better. Yes. Exactly. By, vir- by virtue of the process, you, once you learn that, heinous behavior from this person it becomes part of your radar and you you avoid it if you're smart yep. uh, but the reality is none of us are sitting going man this is my last relationship and it sucks the worst all my relationships no the person you're with now is better than the person you were with so, yeah and and you know what everybody's different but i would tell you this mm. too if if you know what's over uh and there's no point in spending time and energy reconciling this may be controversial but i would tell you start dating man right away so don't yeah i I, I tell the same stuff to my son i say the fastest way to get over somebody is get under somebody new find yourself a new girlfriend the first time you sleep with somebody new because you're just coming out of a long-term relationship it's a little weird but it feels good and you're like oh man wow 
This is like yeah. it, 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 real, it realigns the reality with because when what you're thinking isn't reality at this point in your time. You're like right. smothering yourself with harmful thoughts. That's what's playing in your head. Go out there and find somebody to date that makes you feel special and good about yourself and that you enjoy. And you'll see how fast you go, oh, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. My whole life is going to be so much better after this is over. Everybody right. feels that way. Everybody finds out that's the truth. So, and, and it's something that Bobby said that's really perfect. Perfect is so if you know that a couple years from now, your life is going to be golden, why beat the crap out of yourself now? Go out there and redefine yourself. Take a, get more serious about your bodybuilding. Get more serious about your diet. Get more serious about everything. Don't let these people rob a couple years from you. Because it's going to be great after a couple years is over. So yeah. be up for meeting greatness. Boom. Together. Get your yeah. game on now. Now's the time to take your anger and push it down inside and say, F all of them. Wait till they see what I look like in two years. Wait till they see how great I'm doing in two years. Find that and hold on to it. Right. Wait, wait till they see who's on my arm in two years. Yeah, wait till they see how great I look. Or wait till they see that I don't need anybody on my arm. Wait till they see the new car and the new business adventures I'm in. Yeah. Start dreaming now. Don't beat yourself up because two years from now you're going to go, wow, that wasn't so bad and I'm so much better off now. So take these two years like you're going to school and double down on, on, on you, on Matt. Put effort into yeah. Matt now. I started dating as soon as we uh... – as soon as I realized that she had no intention of try, even trying to reconcile. And so um, I, it was great because it gave me something and someone to focus on. Um, it gave me lots of stuff to do. And, you know, you learn, you're older and wiser, and you learn what, what kind of woman I think is good for you, Right. And you don't necessarily know these things in your 20s or even 30s. Um, sometimes it takes a lot longer and a lot more life experience to find someone. And uh, the final point I'll make is this. When you find her or she finds you, uh, you and she will appreciate each other much more after having had to go through what you went through. You know, 100% truth right there. I went through a lot of <laughs> bad things and and pain before I found my wife, or I think she found me. And she did too. So when you do finally find someone that is good for you and is good to you, then um, you will appreciate them that much more after having to go through so much crap earlier. And, and it's unfortunate that that's how it works. But, so, you know, there are people, unfortunately, who go through divorces who commit suicide, right? They, they can't see that maybe that was the first half of their life, and they had some good things that came from it and some bad things. But the second half of their life, man, you know, you're not even close to the end of the movie. You got to hang in there yeah, see the and, end wait of the movie. Yeah. and wait to see the whole movie 
right? Before you come back and say, oh man, this sucks. No, you know, I, I can, I can honestly tell you that right now I am happier than I have ever been. And I have a higher quality of life than I ever have. And most of that is due to the wonderful woman I met, my wife, Jennifer. Yeah. So don't, you gotta, you gotta find a way to not feel so bad about this. I know the court system's probably beating the crap out of you because they always do to men. <clears throat> I know that you're seeing sides of your ex that you can't believe, like how vicious and, and malicious she might be. I know that you feel like you're being attacked all the time and you're worried about going to court and that's all freaking you out. But just yeah. focus on two years from now because all that's going to be behind you. Yeah. And hopefully you won't get tagged yep. with too much yep. alimony. It's yeah well listen you do you need to stay hang in there and wait for the end of the movie because you know there are happy endings and lots of them and you're probably going to be one too that's just the reality and find a friend to go do awesome crap with like bobby cooper says go do awesome stuff get out of your head and go do stuff And, and stuff that makes you happy and makes you forget what you're going through right now. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to feel bad about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the blueprint tip of the day. There's lots of CBD products out there, and there's lots of misinformation, too. If you want the best CBD product available and the way to use it to improve athletic performance, there is only one choice, Venga CBD. Venga CBD is five times more bioavailable than other products, and you feel it faster. But more importantly, the folks at Venga have identified the best way to use it for athletic performance. Go to superhumanradio.net today and download your free copy of the Endurance Athlete's Guide to CBD. Use code SHR10 and save 10% off at VengaCBD.com. That's V-E-N-G-A-C-B-D.com. If you haven't searched hydrogen water in PubMed yet, you must. Hydrogen-infused water possesses undeniable performance, health, and longevity benefits in the realm of real biohacking. Hydrogen water machines cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. Now you can have the strongest hydrogen-infused water conveniently anywhere you want it thanks to Drink HRW. They make the only legal and clinically validated formula to create hydrogen water instantly. I thought this stuff was BS till I started using using it. The effects on my training and my gut are undeniable. I have more energy and I last longer without stims. You have to try Drink HRW Maximum Strength Hydrogen Water Tablets today. Go to h2waternow.com and use the code SHR for 10% off today. You already know the benefits of red light therapy. Now you have to find the strongest, best one out there at the best price, right? That's where Scott Chevery found himself. He had to create Mital Red Light so you can get the strongest, best red light therapy unit in the world at the absolute best price. And the Superhuman Nation gets an additional discount. Go to MitalRedLight.com and use code SHR to get the lowest price anywhere, plus free shipping inside the USA and deeply discounted shipping worldwide. Go to MitoRedLight.com and use code SHR today. That's M-I-T-O-R-E-D-L-I-G-H-T.com. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. 
Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Do you use protein powder? Then you'll want to hear this. Thrive Protein is the single best protein blend in the world, built around what Mother Nature put into mother's milk. Thrive Protein is the first human-appropriate protein blend. There's just too much in Thrive to list in this commercial. That's why I'm challenging you to compare your current protein to Thrive. Get your current protein and go to thrivprotein.com and see how your protein's label stacks up to Thrive. For a limited time, get three pounds of Thrive for $59.95, including shipping inside the USA. That's thrivprotein.com and code COMPARE. Get ready to experience protein envy. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive. Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour brought to you by CoachRobRegish.com. Go there. Be stronger tomorrow. What's the Blueprint tip of the day, Coach? The tip of the day is what we all owe to Dan Duchesne. So I had somebody email me the other day and he was asking me why I spoke in such glowing terms about, you know, the original steroid guru, Dan Duchesne. And he basically went on to say that Dan was more, more often wrong than he was right. Uh, He was reckless with his experimentation and didn't deserve much credit for anything. I think I know where he got that. Um, There's a book called Steroid Nation that paints a very bad picture of him, which, according to the people that know him, was horribly one-sided and not really, you know, not the reality. And I absolutely believe that. You know, there may be bits and pieces of, uh, of what this guy who emailed me said that are true, but... There's so much wrong with it. I just had to do this piece because it's important to know, right, the forefathers of physical culture, and Dan was was certainly one of them. Dan began his journey uh, into lifting, whatever you want to call it, as a bodybuilder uh, from Maine. But even with the drugs um, that he started taking, the bodybuilding drugs, he wasn't a very good one. It mattered little, though, because his creative mind was really the thing um, that made him a legend, okay? And he knew that to take his knowledge to the next level, he had to go to Venice Beach, California, where a lot of the pro bodybuilders were. Um, The Olymp, importantly, when he moved out there, I think it was 1980. 82 or 83, um, the Olympics were coming to Los Angeles. So he knew, I think, instinctively that at this time, 
And in this moment, that was his future. And so there he was one day sitting on the boardwalk at, at Venice Beach, and he was watching the Ferris wheel turn slowly. And he was trying to think up names for a book he was writing. And eventually, he settled on the Underground Steroid Handbook. And, and the rest, as they say, uh, is history. So for $6, payable to OEM publications, the anonymously written pamphlet, which was, it's really, to call it a book is a, is a stretch, um, but uh, it, it revealed the doping secrets for $6 of the world's top bodybuilders to people, customers all over the world. Dr. Robert Voy, who was the chief medical officer of the United States Olympic Committee, called it, in his steroid handbook, a fabulous pharmacological text. To this day, it is still cited as a reference material uh, in studies in, in, in sports doping. Even Voy agreed that Duchesne was likely correct when he was discussing him, saying he knows more than I do. Okay. Within a few months of its publication, orders for the Underground Steroid Handbook were shipped along with a price list uh, for anabolic steroids. And Duchesne's new mail order business, um, believe it or not, it operated under the name, you ready? JZFC or the John Ziegler Fan Club. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ziegler, of course, was the first. Seba. Uh, Right. Yeah, well, he, he developed Dianabol. Right, yeah. um, and, and, you know, his brisk business continued mostly unencumbered until about 1985 when UPS, uh, the United Parcel Service, someone there opened a package addressed to a member of said fan club <laughs> and found that it contained anabolic steroids. At that point, they forwarded the information to the Food and Drug Administration, okay? And they kind of punted and gave it to the FBI. And so the FBI became involved and began running point um, on the case, so to speak. They had prosecuted similar cases before, um, so they were well-versed in everything needed to take Dan Duchesne down. However... (laughs) FBI attempts to conduct vehicular, you know, surveillance of him were an unmitigated disaster. How so? In one event, yeah, well, in one event, Dan Dan pulled a quick U-turn, which resulted in him now trailing now him trailing one of the surveillance vehicles. In in another instance, uh, he was dining alone somewhere in in, in Venice, and. He yelled three boots over to the two uh, FBI agents that had followed him in there. He said, hey, guys, as long as you're going to be following me, why don't you come on over here? We'll have breakfast. So, um, And did they do it? Know. Oh, yeah, apparently. And, and, and Dan loved to toy with them. Um, let's see, other interesting anecdotes. Dan waited for the garbage truck every week instead of putting his garbage out like everyone else. Right, so they couldn't go through his garbage, right? Right, right. That, that's a, a legal search. One FBI agent, in fact, he expressed frustration over the fact 
that Dan used the same kind of shredder that the FBI used. Uh, ultimately, in May of 1986, Duchesne was indicted on, uh, with 33 other defendants for trafficking anabolic steroids. Um, but that event, too, though, gave us another example of Dan's brilliance. And this is my favorite story. So the government's prosecuting him, right, for steroid distribution. And in the course of doing so, they called their own steroid expert uh, to the stand to testify. And during cross-examination, Duchesne's lawyer asked this so-called expert, he says, where'd you get all your information? And to the dismay of the prosecution, and probably everyone else in the courtroom, he pointed at Dan and he said, I read his books. <laughs> Can you imagine? So he educated them so they could go after him. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the government, one of the government's star witnesses, and they're saying they learned everything from Dan, uh, or, at, or at least his books. But um, after doing time for trafficking and later uh, GHB-related charges, Dan wisely probably turned his attention to legal supplementation. Um, and few people knew, for example, Dan was the genius who discovered whey protein. And up until that point, it was treated as a waste product of cheese production. Right. To the utter dismay and disappointment of the government agents that were trailing him, uh, the white bag or the bags rather of white powder that they saw him carrying out of his apartment were not narcotics, but but whey protein. <laughs> um, Dan was the first to combine ephedra and caffeine, their herbal forms, a four-stage carbohydrate called quadricarb, which was decades ahead of high molecular weight modified starches on the market today, and branched-chain amino acids to make Ultimate Orange, which was a, a it was the original pre-workout powder. I mean, honestly, I mean that was he was first with that too. Now, interestingly, he and a guy named David Jenkins, who was the CEO of Next Nutrition, um, they made design. Remember designer proteins like the first or second way? Right. They almost rolled out creatine years before anyone else did. And so they were looking at it, but instead they decided to market sassoonic acid which is the Krebs cycle intermediate because they, they, they thought it had more potential. So, right, talk about a major gaffe. <laughs> you really missed the boat there. But regardless, anyone today who benefits from whey protein or a pre-workout, which is pretty much everyone that buys them, owes a debt of gratitude to Dan Duchesne. And, and as Bobby points out, ECA, which was ephedra, caffeine, and aspirin, right? Which was a yeah. was designed to help you burn more fat while you train and everything else, and then later on he points out it became yohimbine, uh, ephedra, caffeine, and I hated the yohimbine. It made me feel clammy, and it just didn't make me feel good. I, I couldn't I couldn't use the yohimbine. Yeah, my my bulletin subscribers get, are going to get the four one one on the perfect pairing to ephedrine and caffeine. But but be that as it may. You know, that was just one of Dan's first. Um, Anti-estrogens, you know, to deal with too much test aromatizing, that was Dan. Clembuterol as a non-steroidal anabolic agent, that was Dan too. Um, 
HCG and Clomid post-cycle. That was him. And, and so a decade after being indicted, he was still writing on topics that would set his status in the underground and beyond. And in 1996, he was writing about the cycling ketogenic diet, which was, according to at least one source, 2016's most Googled diet, right? And, and the drugs that he introduced to the bodybuilding world are still making headlines. In 2019, which is 19 years after he passed away from congenital polycystic kidney disease, he was still contributing. And by the way, that polycystic kidney disease had nothing to do with the drugs that he took. Or no, he that's a that's a that's a genetic uh, mutation. It only strikes men, and usually, all or most of the men in a given family will yep. develop it. Right. Yeah. He his mother had it, and and his sister apparently had it. So really? he only found this out. You know, and I want to say in his mid to late 30s, um, when he started to, to, you know, trace his roots, he was actually put up for adoption. Um, and he lived alone in Maine for, for many years. Now, we may never know what other breakthroughs that he could have brought to us, right? Were his life not cut short, which unfortunately it was. One thing is for Him, sure, Janis Joplin, uh, uh, Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix, four lives that ended too soon. Nominally, kid around. I had to say that. Go ahead. Yeah. You you don't even care about that stuff, right? About you remember when the three they said the three deaths back in the day uh, when rock and roll was popular. I guess you don't remember that, huh? I don't remember. Yeah. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Jim Morrison all died at the same age, I believe. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're going to do a Mount Rushmore of bodybuilding, Duchesne would probably be on it, yeah. right? I mean, everyone listening owes a debt of gratitude to him for his contributions to physical culture. Was he perfect? No. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But as he pointed out once, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not on the cutting edge. Yeah. And, and Boy, that makes, know, me so much, that makes me feel so much better about my life. <laughs> yeah right right uh, and so the fi- the final thing I'll say about Dan is this um, he wrote extensively not just about steroids but training and diet and one of the greatest crimes is that people did not want to read what he wrote about training and, di- and diet mm-hmm. because he was the steroid guru and they just wanted to hear about drugs now, his final book, Body Opus, talked much more about diet. Um, but that was far from, from his only commentary on that subject. And so I would tell you, if you have you know, access to his prior works, study them voraciously. Because he put as much thought into his training and diet recommendations as he did his drug cycles. Is it really amazing? Uh, an incredible life, um, and he lived it. He lived it with a sense of urgency, even when he didn't know he had polycystic kidney disease. He seemed to have sensed that he wasn't going to live until a ripe old age. 
and uh, and that's that. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to thank everybody for who's watching live on Facebook, especially Bobby Cooper for jumping in and chiming in. And uh, who else did we have here? Marcus uh, Magard for posting a question for today's show. And then, of course, uh, I'm missing somebody. Jeff, um, oh, who, who was it? I, I, I can't scroll down right now, but we, we had uh, someone else that chimed in when Bobby was uh, commenting about how the military may not be the best thing for uh, yeah. fellow's son, but um, I, I got to find his name. I feel bad. I don't want to. I don't want to miss it. Uh, it was this thing is just not scrolling fast enough. But anyway, it's been a great show. I love the interactivity of Facebook Live. I appreciate everybody yeah. who's uh, who posted questions and so on. And uh, that's about it. What else? You you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Visit CoachRobRegis.com. We have all new information. It's updated um, daily or weekly, if not daily. And we've got new pricing down to $5 a month. And for the information that you get, it's, it's, it's an absolute, it's the best bargain I think I've ever seen. Jeff Clifton. So. That's who I couldn't remember. And also, there was something else that when I said it, I thought, oh, I got to go back and correct myself. When I say I trained with Bobby Lashley, I didn't train with him. We trained at the same gym, and I watched him train, and I yeah. talked to him often, but I wasn't strong enough to train with him. So by I, I didn't want people to think I was implying, like, well, yeah, I trained with Bobby Lashley, so there's somehow <laughs> I'm – no, I couldn't train with Bobby Lashley, but I trained in the same building as Bobby Lashley, and I did get to watch him. And He was an amazing athlete. The guy is super quick on top of everything else. Yeah. All right, look, that's it. Tomorrow we have a great show. It's starting at 1 o'clock. We're going to break the news on a peptide you've never heard about. That not only speeds fat loss in the face of the standard American diet, but is anabolic as well. It stimulates wow. mTOR. And this is a peptide you haven't heard of because it's not available anywhere. It's not even available at any of the peptide suppliers. It's not even available yet at TaylorMade, although they've figured out the sequencing and it will be available very shortly. It will wow. be available. Very exciting stuff. Only here on Superhuman yeah. Radio. You know what? You can listen to all those other podcasts, talk about stuff I've already talked about 10 years ago, or you can just come here and listen to this show and put up with my uh, my bad humor. How about that? <laughs> so there you go. All right. Thanks to everybody who's uh, listened and watched today. Thank you, Rob, for all the heavy lifting. Sure. Thank you. And we'll see you by tomorrow.